You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. New shows every day. Find us at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. Welcome to your Canadians Connection on Rocket Sports Radio. This premier hockey podcast featured on allhabs.net brings you the latest news, in-depth analysis, and expert commentary about the NHL's most storied franchise, the Montreal Canadiens, with your hosts, Joe Whalen and Rick Stevens. Our team of credentialed journalists provides behind-the-scenes insight on the Canadians, designed to inform, entertain, and engage Habs fans around the globe. We are proud to be the trusted source for all things Habs for more than a decade. This is the Canadians Connection Podcast. Hello there, everyone, and welcome to the Canadians Connection podcast here on Rocket Sports Radio, keeping you informed, engaged, and entertained. My name is Joseph Whalen, and I'm going to be your host for the next hour. This is episode 146 of the Canadians Connection podcast, and I'm pleased to be joined in studio, as always, by the editor-in-chief, the founder, the president of Rocket Sports Media, Mr. Rick Stevens. Rick, we're here on a, a very special edition of the Canadians Connection podcast, a Thursday edition. <laughs> we opened up the studio on a Thursday, uh, yeah. dusted things off, and and uh, yeah, yeah, we're we're in a little early uh, this week, uh, given that uh, there's so much going on this week. There is just, just finished just finished expansion draft. Uh, yeah. the the entry draft will be up uh, Friday and Saturday, um, and Saturday in our time slot or our usual time yes. we record. Yeah. Um, so we're in today, and 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 to split up the uh, the news today, we'll talk mm-hmm. about uh, the expansion draft. Uh, we'll uh, have lots of coverage of the entry draft on Friday and Saturday on um, both allhabs.net and ahl.report, and then we're back in the studio on Sunday. Um, yeah. So two podcasts this week for the Canadians. Two connection. podcasts. Two podcasts for the price of one, because as you said, Rick, there is just so much to talk about. And I mean, Rick, as it, as it is, uh, we may only scratch the surface on a lot of things that we could dive into just a little bit deeper. Uh, but we're, you know, obviously, yeah, there is so much happening this time of year. You mentioned the draft, free agency starting next week, too. I right. mean, there's a lot down the road and it's happening in a short period of time. And yeah, Sunday we'll be back to uh, discuss everything around uh, the NHL entry draft and, and how things went for the Canadians. So Rick, yeah, two podcasts for the price of one. <laughs> yeah, how are you feeling today? I'm, uh, I will say full disclosure, I am feeling just a little bit off. Uh, I had my second vaccine last night, which I, I was very happy to get and mm-hmm. happy to do my part. And that uh, was, it was great. Um, and uh, then uh, this morning at 4.30, I woke up with um, just the, the worst chills that I think mm. I've ever had. And uh, it was it was not pleasant. Uh, they were gone within about five minutes after I took something, went back to bed, put on a little some layers, and I was good to go. But it's uh, it's hanging around. It's a lingering feeling. And uh, based on everything that I've seen, that's that's 
the the norm. That's what's it, it, that's been the norm. <laughs> yeah, if we can reassure you, it is the norm. Uh, but yes, you're still a trooper yeah. to be here because those uh, those side effects, particularly Ooh. from the the second vaccine, can be. Uh, yeah, they they can uh, they can give you a good swat. Um, yeah, have to do uh, my best Shea Weber impression, play through the pain, and uh, come out the other side. We're going to be uh, so talking Rick, about Shea Weber. Lots we of will stuff be. to talk about today. Lots of stuff to talk about, Rick, and we're going to get into all of that. But first, our listeners, in addition to hearing us talk about Shea Weber and the Montreal Canadiens, they've heard us talk a lot about DraftKings the leader in daily fantasy sports and how payday can come every day by entering their contest contest with huge cash prizes up for grabs. Making a lineup on DraftKings adds excitement to every night and it's simple to do. Draft your lineup and feel the sweat like never before. Not quite what you're going through. No, uh, no. But, but uh, you know, a little bit different. A, a pleasant, uh, hopefully, a pleasant sweat. <laughs> every moment means more <laughs> with a DraftKings lineup on the line. And DraftKings has paid over $7 billion, that is billion with a capital B, and dollars. For sure. Yeah, to users across all sports. And that's why DraftKings is the leader in daily fantasy sports, so there's no better place to get in on all of the action. Now that you know how to play, download the DraftKings app and sign up using code THPN. New users will get a free entry with their first deposit. That's code THPN to get a free entry with your first deposit. Only at DraftKings. Minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. And Rick, THPN. The Hockey Podcast Network, we're a proud affiliate. And today, uh, that is Thursday, um, we have a brand new contest coming out. We're going to talk about that in the third segment. uh, But watch the All Habs Twitter account. Uh, have at Habs Connection, the Canadians Connection Twitter account as well, and we'll be announcing a new contest. And this is this is a bit of a new product. We'll, we'll talk about it more in the third segment. But you're not going to want to. You're going to want to be a, a part of this. Absolutely, and and yeah, I mean, at this time of year, you can't have your eyes away from Twitter for too long. So definitely keep your eyes glued and peeled on the All Habs. Uh, Twitter account for that. Uh, so, Rick, as you said, we have got so, so much to talk about today. Uh, we're going to be getting into some roster news surrounding Carey Price, Shea Weber, uh, a, a new coach on the Habs bench uh, they, they've announced this week. Uh, you got a Habs prospect report that we're going to be getting into. Uh, Caden Gooley, some news surrounding the Canadians' most recent first-round pick. Of course, as we, we've talked about, there's going to be a new first-round pick uh, on on Friday, but Caden Gooley, we've got some news surrounding him, and then we've got some NHL news and notes to round out the first segment. And then, Rick, in segment number two, uh, I think we all know what's coming in segment number two. It's the Seattle Kraken. They have been released upon the NHL. They've uh, grabbed one player from every team, and Rick, there was a possibility that they could have grabbed Carey Price, they elected not to do that. And Rick, there's a lot to talk about surrounding that story, and we're going to go down every avenue of that in the second segment. For sure. That's going to be a great one. And then to round out the show... Almost every team. Almost every team. Almost every... Yeah, almost, yeah. There's a little bit burr in my saddle about the the Vegas being excluded from... But anyway... We'll, an we'll important distinction there, yeah. and especially given the success that the Vegas Golden Knights have experienced 
in their four years of existence. Uh, and then the Have Your Say segment, we're going to tee up that contest Rich just alluded to and tee up the upcoming events for the Montreal Canadiens, including the NHL entry draft. Uh, but Rick, I, I think we'll start with some headlines and, and perhaps some off-season targets for the Canadians, because you've heard some names thrown out there, as you often do in the early part of the off-season. One in particular from the New York Islanders, Anthony Beauvillier. You've perhaps heard about Rasmus Ristolainen, Mike Hoffman, who could circle back with the St. Louis Blues, but of course, a potent goal scorer, a power play weapon, and given the Canadians' uh, loss of, of Shea Weber, potentially for this season, that might be a nice thing to have. So certainly, I mean, when the offseason comes around, there's a lot of hope, there's a lot of names that go get thrown out there, and the Montreal Canadiens may be in a position to acquire some names. It all might seem seem to be a, a blur to, to you, to our listeners. Yeah. So that's why we uh, endeavor to put out a headlines piece uh, every weekday, uh, which is just small capsules of news uh, that we are sure you don't want to miss. And, and uh, this past week, uh, the, the headlines uh, uh, articles um, on allhabs.net have um, certainly covered in depth the expansion draft, but also uh, there's uh, news tidbits about uh, targets that uh, that that uh, the Canadians are involved in. Uh, Mark Bergevin had a, a presser today and said that uh, he'd be, you know, looking at free agents, looking at the trade market, uh, trying to uh, improve his team. Uh, you mentioned many, uh, many of them that uh, the, that the Canadians are uh, reportedly in on. Uh, Mike Hoffman is some uh, a player that they're uh, uh, swinging back to. Uh, uh, the report was that uh, that uh, Hoffman was uh, offered. Uh, almost a million dollars more um, uh, last uh, uh, offseason uh, to come to the Canadians and, and turned it down. Christian Dvorak is another name from yeah. Arizona uh, that apparently, 25-year-old, making about $4.5 million that um, uh, Mark Bergevin has uh, made inquiries about. Uh, so there's going to be some uh, acquisitions, uh, we expect. Uh, uh, the free agent period starts uh, next week, 28th, uh, and we're going to be teeing up uh, that as well and keep you informed. But but I, I guess what we're trying to say here is that, um, you know, you don't have time to, it's the summer. You don't want to be sitting yeah. next to Twitter and refreshing it all day. So just once a day, go to allhabs.net. Uh, read that headlines um, uh, post, uh, and and uh, Chris G comes out with his notebook on Monday. Those are the kinds of of uh, informational posts that we have on allhabs.net that will keep you up to date. Absolutely, and you want to be sure to check those out over at allhabs.net. And Rick, on allhabs.net, I also crafted uh, last week, not my three stars of the week, but my three stars of the season. And uh, Rick, it was a very interesting uh, final result, and we, we talked a little bit about it after the show last week about where I was going to go with it, and ultimately, uh, I went with more than three players that I talked about. I actually talked about five in the end. An honorable mention to Shea Weber, uh, tied for third star of the of the year, third stars of the year. Nick Suzuki and Tyler Toffoli, Josh Anderson as my second star, and Carey Price as my first star. And for Carey Price, I you know, and, and we're going to get into 
the conversation a little bit deeper about Carey Price and, and what actually happened this season. But in the in the column, I talk about a game, I believe it was February 13th uh, against the Toronto Maple Leafs, where Carey Price, I think that was the game that foreshadowed what was to come for the Montreal Canadiens because Carey Price kept them hanging around in a game that, quite frankly, they had no business hanging around in. They were just not... Uh, playing at the level that you would you would like to see, and and the uh, Toronto Maple Leafs were maintaining possession, creating opportunities, and they did capitalize on one of those. But Carey Price kept them at bay long enough for Brendan Gallagher and Tyler Toffoli to provide some offense to get them a win against the high-powered Toronto Maple Leafs. And then that is basically the exact same thing that happened over the course of that best of seven series against the Toronto Maple Leafs, the four game sweep of the Winnipeg Jets, and then the six games against Vegas. That is the exact same thing that happened. Carey Price kept making saves long enough for somebody to go down the other way and pop one or two big goals to give the Canadians a little bit of offense. And that was ultimately, I think. Uh, when you look at Carey Price's season, the month of March, he was spectacular. I think he had a 931 save percentage. That is a large reason why the Canadians were in the playoff playoffs, perhaps the reason why they were in the playoffs. And, and Carey Price, once you got there, he showed you exactly why he gets paid what he does because he was phenomenal and he was my first star of the season. The uh Three stars of the week uh, coming out every Sunday is a great addition to allhabs.net. And um, we, we you know, lots of, uh, in addition to picking the stars, it's a great kind of chronology of what happened yeah. during the season. Uh, so those those are um, uh, columns that you want to certainly look at the the, the final one, uh, the, the stars of the year uh, column. Uh, that came out last Sunday, but uh, also just if you want to um, over the summer uh, refresh yourself about what happening. That those yeah. are a, a good uh, uh, place to target, and and um, you want you want to catch up on on what happened and prepare yourself for next season. Absolutely, well, I appreciate that, Rick. And yes, it was a great article, great column to go and and write every week, and then go back and look at. Like uh, I believe in. The final edition of the regular season, I had Arturi Lekkanen as my first star and said, well, look, this is a guy that's got a history of scoring big goals. Then he scored arguably, and I don't think that it's it's arguable, uh, he scored the biggest goal yeah. of the Canadiens' playoff run. He got him to the Stanley Cup final. So, yeah, it, it's, it's, it's kind of interesting to go back and look at how things went and that it forecast perhaps some things that happened during that run. Um, so, Rick, we will move on and get to some roster news, and we'll start with Carey Price and we're going to get more in depth with this in the second segment but suffice to say Carey Price as we expected and as we've become accustomed to sort of hearing playing through a little bit of pain particularly the hip and the knee and he's going to be seeing a specialist well we heard um uh, with uh Stefan Waite um uh when he was fired in, in February um, yeah. He talked about in in his media tour that he was doing. Um, yeah. <laughs> he um, he talked about the various injuries that uh, Carey Price is dealing with on a regular basis, um, including uh, his hip and knee. Um, now, listen, if if Carey Price has uh, had hip and knee injuries, well, he did uh, during the playoffs and is able to play like that. Um, who knows how well he can play yeah. uh, if those. Uh, 
uh, situations are able to be uh, cleared up for him. He's seeing a specialist in New York City today. Um, and uh, Mark Bergevin talked about it in uh, the uh, press conference. Certainly there was a leak uh, from, and we'll talk about this more uh, in the second segment, but there was a leak uh, from the Canadians, uh, maybe to scare off uh, yeah. uh, uh, Seattle, uh, that he may miss considerable time next season. Mark Bergevin said today uh, that right now they're looking at, and from the information they have prior to him going to the specialist, is that uh, he might miss six to eight weeks at the beginning of the se- uh, the season, but they won't know until uh, yeah. they get a report back from uh, the doctor uh, today. Um, so, um, but the the uh, quote that Mark Bergevin used was nothing alarming. Uh, these are more lingering injuries than than yeah. uh, a major injury. Yes, yeah, and that's that's important because, as we know, Rick and a bit of an easy segue to make, uh, easy jump to make to Shea Weber. You know, there was a belief that you know, or a hope, I would guess, that the Canadians thought that perhaps by December, this would be something for Shea Weber's situation that be cleared up. But we got a little bit more clarification on uh, what Mark Bergevin thinks of Shea Weber's situation, and it, it doesn't look great at the moment. Um, you had a gut punch after after yeah. your second shot. Uh, the fans had a gut punch <laughs> after uh, the Canadians uh, losing the Stanley Cup final. A gut punch with respect to Shea Weber. And fortunately, it's good news with respect to Carey Price, or relatively good news, but good news yeah. that he wasn't selected uh, in the expansion draft. Um, but Shea Weber, um, my goodness, what a warrior. Um, um, Mark Bergevin said today at the press conference, they, they don't expect Shea Weber to play um, this upcoming season. Um, beyond that, who who knows? Yeah. Uh, but Shea Weber is dealing with ankle injuries, foot injury, uh, knee, thumb. Um, and uh, uh, Mark Bergevin uh, said... Uh, you know, when they sat down at the end of the season, it was a, a deep emotional conversation uh, that they had with Shea Weber. Um, uh, he he said that no one really knew the extent of his medical condition. People, you know, suspected that um, uh, he was dealing with multiple things, um, yeah. but that uh, Mark Bergevin said no one knew. Um, you know, the, the extent of, of, because he said, as he said, uh, Shea Weber's a, a man of few words to begin with, and he's certainly not one to complain about uh, injuries. So no one really knew. So that whole scene after the Canadians lost uh, uh, game five uh, to lose uh, for the uh, Tampa Bay Lightning to win the Stanley Cup, you saw all the teammates going up and, and congratulating, or, or not, uh, consoling is the word, uh, Shea Weber. Um, and, uh, you know, many, many speculated that maybe everyone knew uh, that, uh, you know, Shea Weber made, you know, the possibility that it was his last game. Um, Mark Bergevin said, no, they didn't know uh, the extent. Uh, I'm sure um, uh, that teammates had a, an inkling of things, but um, yeah, uh, it, it's, it's, it's just a really tough situation for the team. And for Shea Weber, um, Mark Bergevin said, yes, uh, there, he's going to have to go shopping, but that it's uh, impossible 
to replace yeah. a Shea Weber. Uh, he's just going to have to look at trying to replace minutes. And he talked about, um, you know, uh, more minutes for Romanoff, more more yeah. responsibility, but that he was going to have to be scouring the uh, either the trade market or the free agent market. Yeah, there, there's only so much that can be given to guys internally. There needs to be an addition made to that blue line if you don't have Shea Weber. And yeah, it's an important distinction to make. And I'm glad that Mark Bergevin made it and was sort of adamant about that. There, there is no replacing Shea Weber. There are guys that are going to try to eat up those minutes and guys that might do them successful, might do it successfully. But there's more to the table that Shea Weber brings than than the on ice. And, and we knew that. And we we come to know that based on how things went in the playoffs and the veteran guys that have been brought in, Corey Perry, Eric Stahl, all those guys, you know, it's a glowing praise for Shea Weber. Um, so, I mean, yeah, it, it's a tough loss for the Canadians to not have Shea Weber for at least this season. Beyond that, we will have to see. Um, but, Rick, uh, another situation that we got just a little bit more clarity on or relative to what we knew before we got some clarity on was, was Jonathan Drouin. And it was, you know, it's been thought that and in the coming, in the last weeks, last few days, it's been thought that, we might see a, a separation of the two parties with Jonathan Drouin resuming his career elsewhere. Uh, but today, Mark Bergevin said that he, uh, Dominic Ducharme, and Jonathan Drouin had a conversation that things uh, look to be going well for Jonathan Drouin, which is great news, and that there, uh, there seems to be a desire for him to remain in Montreal at the current moment. So some, some interesting news surrounding that situation. Interesting because um, the reports, even recent uh, reports, were all yeah. that it was going in the opposite direction, that yeah. uh, Jonathan Duran was looking for a new start elsewhere. Um, and um, so this this was uh, a bit of a reversal today. Yeah, um, yeah. And uh, he said, um, yeah, Duran, they met on Tuesday, um, that, uh, that he's feeling good, uh, Duran is, and, uh, and focused, and... Um, Mark Bergevin said that uh, uh, Jonathan Duran, um, for a short time, uh, played some of his best hockey when uh, re- reunited with former junior coach Dominic Ducharme. Uh, so they had a, a good feeling about uh, what's to come in in September. Offered nothing more about uh, what has kept uh, uh, Jonathan Duran away from the team, uh, but per- perhaps that uh, will come out in time. And yeah. um, um, it's it's uh, a piece that uh, the Canadians weren't uh, well uh, certainly Canadian fans weren't expecting to to have either the possibility of him being taken in the expansion draft or a situation where he would uh, move on and and uh, and as I said uh, get a get a restart to uh, yeah. his career elsewhere but that's yeah, not the case that's that's not the case yeah it seems at the current moment that they are going to continue this. Uh, this relationship and and you know it's it's great news that Jonathan Drouin has gotten things in order enough to come back and resume his career uh, so it'll be it'll be interesting to see how things unfold Mark Bergevin said that he expects him to be at training camp so uh, we will find out more uh, presumably uh, at that point and perhaps even before that we'll, we'll see how things go with that uh, Rick one thing that we talked about last week the Canadians 
they retained, they uh, appointed Dominique Ducharme as the official head coach of the Montreal Canadiens, removed the interim tag. They retained Luke Richardson as an assistant coach, which was a, a big, big deal given how well he did uh, while Dominique Ducharme was quarantining at his home uh, due to the COVID-19 uh, positive test. Um, and now there was the conversation last week that he wanted to retain Alex Burroughs, but also add somebody to the bench. And they did that this week, uh, hiring Trevor Litowski as an assistant coach. That's right. So uh, the bench will consist of uh, Alex Burroughs, uh, Luke Richardson, who signed a contract extension, Dom Descharmes as head coach, and Trevor Litowski, former head coach, uh, of the Windsor Spitfires, um, and uh, lots of praise for uh, Trevor Latowski, and and uh, there's there's some existing relationships uh, there. Yeah, uh, Dominic Ducharme said that, uh, quoting him, I developed a productive relationship and great bond with Trevor, especially during the experience we shared behind the bench for Team Canada at the 2018 World Junior Championship. Uh, that's where they earned the, the gold medal. Uh, Trevor is a versatile coach, a good tactician, a great communicator, and and uh, he's he's credited by with being a um, a, a very good tactician when it comes to yeah. special teams on both power play and penalty kill, and certainly uh, the the Canadians uh, uh, under the guidance of Luke Richardson, um, you know the penalty kill was superb. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, power play, um, you know, a little bump when Alex Burroughs first started, but it was uh, uh, pretty dreadful after that. So good to have Latowski uh, there bringing his ideas. Uh, there's also an existing relationship with Luke Richardson uh, as they were teammates uh, between 2003 and 2006 in Columbus. Uh, so really nice to have. I, I think I'm, I'm looking forward to this hire. Uh, this is uh, this is a, 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 a hockey decision, um, and uh, and and nice to see him come in with uh, ten years of experience with um, yeah. uh, the OHL, and particularly with the Canadians having um, you know graduating uh, young players, uh, junior and 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 college age players. Uh, he he's going to be a tremendous help, I think. Yeah, and I mean, just to have a different voice on on the bench as well, bring a different perspective as you talk to bring his ideas to the table. But I mean, we saw, I mean, you know, somebody that perhaps could vouch for different personnel decisions than we saw in the playoffs. Uh, There was there was some questionable personnel decisions uh, that we saw, particularly a four on three in the Stanley Cup final that did not feature Cole (laughs) Caulfield. So, I mean, if if he's somebody that can offer perhaps in game those types of um, you know, his beliefs on what, what should happen, then that that would be great. And yeah, certainly you want to have a full bench with different voices, perhaps. And of course, the connections, as you pointed out, with both Ducharme and Richardson might be very important uh, there. But uh, Rick, I, I think we'll, we'll move on and we'll come to uh, Philip Deneau. And uh, Rick, uh, reports this week seem to indicate that Philip Deneau is not going to be back with the Montreal Canadiens. That's right. Um and, and things maybe went downhill after uh, the contract negotiations before last season uh, when uh, a pretty generous offer was made to uh, Phil Deneau um, that uh, $5 million times six years and, and uh, the, the Deneau camp rejected that. And, and there's also some qualifiers in there that Deneau wanted uh, some sort of assurance 
uh, that his role wouldn't change. Of course, he was worried about losing minutes to Kotkaniemi and Suzuki. Yeah. Uh, didn't want to be put in a defensive role, uh, uh, yeah, primarily a defensive role. Uh, and that that's difficult for the Canadians in that uh, they need both Suzuki and Kotkaniemi to take on a bigger role. And, uh, and certainly Deneau cannot uh, deliver as far as the offensive side. So uh, it looks like uh, there's a parting um, that will happen. Uh, the Deneau camp um, uh, is going to explore free agency. Uh, they're looking for $5.5 million time uh, by six years, seven years maybe. Um, uh, let's. Uh, Mark Bergevin didn't close the door. Said the door is always always open. Uh, and uh, after maybe he gets an idea of what the market's like, uh, there would be room for further talks. Uh, but if it's anything anywhere near that, uh, Phil Deneau then it doesn't fit any longer into the Canadians lineup. And and listen, we 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 saw uh, in social media that. Uh, uh, Phil Deneau has put his his house uh, in Montreal on the market, uh, so he looks. It looks like he's uh, looking to make a clean break uh, from the Canadians. Yeah, and, and Bergevin touched on that in the press conference today, and he talked about Jesperi Kotkaniemi taking strides, wanting to see more consistency out of him, but also Jake Evans, and I think Jake Evans is a key cog there because we saw that Jake Evans was somebody that was trusted to play uh, big defensive minutes, be out there on penalty kills, be out there, uh, and and somebody that Dominic Ducharme had already had some level of trust in. And then Ryan Paling, I think, you know, you, you talk about where the Canadians are from you know, in, an internal standpoint. They might be prepared for life after Philip Deneau, but they're keeping the door open. If, if things don't work out for Deneau in the market the way he expects, maybe he'll be circling back to the Canadians. We'll see. And uh, in addition to Ryan Paling had a terrific year in in Laval last year. Uh, Lucas Vedemo at, at center Vedemo, uh, yeah. could could fill one of those bottom center roles. Had a terrific year. And let's not forget uh, Frank Cervelli uh, mentioning that uh, the Canadians don't be surprised if they're mm-hmm. in on the uh, Jack Eichel sweepstakes. Yeah, and of course, Frank Saravalli uh, might be a guy that you want to listen to based <laughs> off true. of the way the expansion draft went yesterday. And yeah, uh, that guy, Jack Eichel. Hmm, that's that's an interesting one to keep at the back of your mind. Uh, Rick, we have some interesting news surrounding a former Canadiens defenseman, Yannick Weber. He's actually uh, retired after 13 seasons in the NHL. It's expected that he will go back to his native Switzerland and play overseas. Boy, I liked Yannick Weber. Um, yeah. He was uh, such a smooth skater, had a cannon of a shot. Uh, I remember the the skills con- the Montreal Canadiens skills competition where uh, P.K. Subban was fully expecting to to win that competition. And, and you know the kind of shot that P.K. Subban had. But Weber, yeah. uh, uh, a, a different Weber, <laughs> Yannick yeah, Weber, a different one. <laughs> uh, won that uh, that competition heads down, hands down. I... I liked uh, Yannick Weber from right from when he w- played junior in, in Kitchener, um, and just a uh, you know an all round uh, uh, a guy you could you could uh, insert in different situations. Uh, special teams guy on the power play, uh, moved the puck well, and um, and and he like uh, PK went off to Nashville. Um, yeah. and, and the other note is that there's a connection. Obviously, between Yannick Weber and and Carey Price, uh, yes, uh, that's a brother-in-law um, that Yannick Weber is married to Carey Price's sister. So, um, uh, 
good luck to to uh, Yannick Weber and uh, uh, he he sits at 499 NHL games. Unfortunately, couldn't get to that. 500 number, uh, but we wish him well um, as uh, as he continues uh, overseas. Would have been nice to get to that nice round number, but yeah, uh, all the best to Yannick Weber and yeah, someone that I that I also really liked uh, watching him play for the Canadians. Uh, Rick, we will move on now to a Habs prospect report. This edition of the Rocket Report is brought to you by AHL.Report. Your premier source for the Laval Rocket, the AHL affiliate of the Montreal Canadiens. AHL.Report is a proud member of the Rocket Sports Media Network. So, Rick, uh, we are in the summer months now, July, uh, and, you know, it's a great time to start thinking about the World Juniors. Uh, but before the World Juniors, Hockey Canada has their U-20 summer development camp, and Caden Gooley being a guy that played for Team Canada last year at the World Juniors, he has been invited to the under-20 summer development camp for Hockey Canada. And good for him. Uh, That'll be a a great experience for him. Uh, Caden Gooley, you mentioned, uh, you know, stood out last year at uh, the NHL entry draft. Um, And and then with, um, uh, you know, the, the, the situation that was happening in the CHL last year, uh, got in a couple of games with uh, the Laval Rocket and and yeah. honestly didn't look out of place. Um, he looked uh, very good, so uh, it'd be nice to have him back in junior and um, and uh, hopefully part of the uh, uh, World Junior Championships uh, coming up in uh, December January. Yeah, it'd be great to see him uh, back playing for Canada. And Rick, speaking of junior hockey, the Canadian Hockey League has announced new broadcast rights partnerships that will make TSN, RDS, and CBC the home of the CHL. And uh, that's 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 great news. I think this might bring a little bit more exposure to the CHL, uh, having you know broadcast partners that aren't also rights owners for the NHL. Well, this was something that uh, has been rumored for for quite some time. Uh, for fans of the CHL uh, and for those who, uh, in our position, like to to uh, to to scout uh, prospects, uh, Mike Rashel is is uh, yeah. is the person who covers junior hockey for us. Uh, it was tough because each one of the leagues kind of operated a, a separate streaming service. The streaming wasn't that good, to be honest. Um, but you'd you know you'd have to get separate uh, subscriptions to the WHL, to the OHL, to the Q. Uh, now uh, it's going to be a multi-platform uh, for for the CHL and a multi-year agreement. We're going to talk more about this on. Uh, the, the press zone coming up uh, next Tuesday, but uh, this is this is really positive news. Yeah, and, and in addition to that, Darren Drager reporting that CHL players uh, they can go back to the AHL if they played more than twenty games last season. So that's an interesting wrinkle there that might affect Canadians prospect Jan Mishak. That's true. Um, listen, this is there's always been a. Uh, a difference the the way CHL players are treated and their eligibility to the AHL different than European players or or uh, college player NCAA players um, always been a, a bit of a burr in the saddle and uh, and so um, there the, as a first step um, this is uh, uh, players who uh, 
who played last year uh, when they didn't have anywhere else to play in the AHL. If they played 20 games, uh, they will be allowed to play in the AHL next season. As you said, that would apply to Jan Meshack, who played 22 games for the Laval Rocket, would not pl- apply to Caden Gooley, who played just three yeah. games uh, last year. So um, this is this is going to be a big deal and is going to change uh the AHL to have that that influx of talent uh, for the entire year a, a, a big step. Uh, our uh, 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 Mike Rashel pointed out. Listen, it's it's a bit of a hit to those junior teams yeah. uh, that that uh, that draw power uh, that some of these uh, junior age players uh, you know would is going to be missing now. Uh, but it's the kind of, I mean, it's a, the same thing that the AHL goes through when prospe- prospects get uh, top yeah. name, uh, blue chip prospects get called up. So um, I, for the development of the players, um, you know, it wouldn't have made, made sense for Jan Meshack to go back to the Hamilton Bulldogs uh, next year after playing and playing so well for yeah. the Laval Rocket last season. Absolutely, yeah. So it's it's good news for Jan Meshack. Um, that he could potentially be with the Laval Rocket again next year. And Rick, uh, in addition to that, so the uh, 2021-2022 AHL schedule is going to be released on Friday. It is. Um, And so we we, we know about the home openers already. Schedule will be out on Friday. All of that news again on the Press uh, Zone next Tuesday. Yeah, so definitely don't want to miss the uh, coming episode of the press zone and Rick close all this out by mentioning that the Canadians have named Jean-Francois Houle as the head coach of the Laval Rockets. So filling that gap that was left with the departure of Joel Bouchard in, in pretty short order. Uh, Jean-Francois Houle, uh, Houle, that name sounds familiar. Uh, it yeah. is uh, son of uh, Canadians player and general manager, Ray Jean Houle. Um, and uh, Ul has had uh, experience in the. Um, I, he he pointed out in his his press conference uh, rather unique kind of uh, background, uh, having coached in uh, in in Canadian junior hockey, coached in the NCAA, and most recently with uh, the Bakersfield Condors uh, in the AHL. So. Uh, he brings some good experience um, and um, and and has that knows the difference between uh, a prospect coming in, um, you know, one path to another. Um, has said a lot of good things um, in his yeah. in his presser. Um, we'll see if if uh, he's able to follow through on that. And lots of good audio again on the press zone clips from uh, from uh, Jean Francois Wool and. Uh, the analysis of uh, Amy Johnson and myself. Absolutely. And, and you don't want to miss. Be sure to read the content at AHL.report and listen and subscribe to the Press Zone Montreal. And Rick, you and Amy Johnson just uh, just celebrated a very uh, meaningful anniversary, your 200th episode. That's that's huge. That was huge. It uh, Five years doing the Press Zone. And yeah. uh, now it's evolved into the Press Zone Montreal and the Press Zone Philadelphia, two separate podcasts. But... Uh, for the 200th episode, we brought both of those podcasts back together again yeah. for one episode of the Press Zone, uh, a, a 200th anniversary edition. And uh, I think you're going to want to uh, listen to it. There's lots of great information about prospects. 
about uh, both organizations, the Montreal Canadiens and the Philadelphia Flyers. And there's some uh, interesting look backs at uh, how yeah. our podcast has evolved. Absolutely. And, and much like the, uh, the road that, that we took here on the Canadians connection podcast. Yeah, there is, there is a little bit of a difference. <laughs> uh, yeah. We've come, we've come quite a long way and absolutely right. congratulations to yourself and Amy Johnson on that accomplishment. And Rick, uh, we'll move on and get to some NHL news and notes and Rick, so the AHL schedule we just talked about going to be released on Friday. The full 2021-2022 NHL schedule is going to be released on Thursday. That is tonight at 6 p.m. Eastern time. That's right. So we'll, we'll on Sunday, uh, the next podcast of the Canadians Connection coming out Sunday, uh, we'll be talking about uh, highlights of the upcoming season. What we know so far is uh, that the Canadians will have a six-game preseason schedule uh, three games at the Bell Center, three on the road, and uh, with two opponents, uh, the Toronto Maple Leafs and the Ottawa Senators. Yeah, so eyes forward, looking forward to some preseason hockey, which is a little bit down the road, but hey, that's what we do here. Uh, <laughs> so Rick, uh, we will take our first break here on the Canadians Connection podcast. When we come back, Boy, oh boy, the Seattle expansion draft. We're going to dive in, uh, go as in-depth as we possibly can on all the sort of, I guess we'll say tentacles of this of this story that was the Seattle expansion draft. So we'll be back after a quick break. Stay with us here on the Canadians Connection podcast on Rocket Sports Radio. Rocket Sports Media is currently recruiting talented, motivated, and committed people to join our team. If you're a student wishing to gain experience, a young professional interested in broadening your credentials, an experienced hockey mind looking for a platform to share your expertise, or a passionate fan looking to contribute to our publications by connecting with fellow hockey fans, we want to hear from you. If you are bright, loyal, passionate, and willing to dedicate yourself to a remarkable team, visit allhabs.net and click the Join Our Team tab today. In every city around the world, sports fans flock to popular watering holes to share a few pints, some good grub, and to cheer for their team. Think your favorite sports bar deserves to be recognized? Or are you traveling to a new place and need to find the perfect spot to watch a game? HockeyPub.com is the answer. Find out where the best spots are in your city to eat, drink, and meet fellow fans. HockeyPub.com. Want the latest Habs news with game previews, reviews, and highlights? How about full coverage of development camps and special events? Looking to follow the Laval Rocket more closely this season? Perhaps you'd like to learn more about team prospects? Would you like a place to socialize with hockey fans all over the world? We've got what you're looking for at allhabs.net, the place where you'll find everything you need to be the most informed and connected Habs fan around. allhabs.net.
And welcome back to the Canadians Connection podcast here on Rocket Sports Radio. I'm Joe Whalen. You can find me on Twitter at Joe Whalen19. And with me in studio is our president and founder of Rocket Sports, Rick Stevens. You can follow him at All Habs on Twitter, and you can follow at Habs Connection on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, and visit our website over at CanadiansConnection.com. And Rick, just an example of the fact that we are doing this podcast as a lot of things in the hockey world are <laughs> happening. Uh, you just said during break, Mike Smith. So resolution there. Uh, Two-year contract for Mike Smith is done, so says uh, GM Holland uh, in Edmonton. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yes, uh, things are happening. Uh, also uh, note that uh, Larry Brooks says that uh, Lou Lamorello, Lou Am- Lamorello, man, um, he, he, had, Quite, yeah. he had a cap issue. <laughs> he, he had a serious cap issue. And in five days, uh, he said, okay, I'll clean that up. Um, yeah. The... the Eberle going to to the Kraken. Um, the lad thing was amazing uh, to Arizona yeah. and Nick Letty to to Detroit, and suddenly he he has fifteen million dollars in his lap. Um, that's and and I'll let you say that, but the the Larry Brooks says that uh, uh, Lou's looking to bring both Parisi and Suter uh, to the Islanders. Wow. Yeah. That's that's a big one. That yeah. is a big one. And Lou Lamorello, of course. I mean, we know that the years there's experience there with Zach Parise, so that that makes sense. So, as you said, um, the spotlight is on uh, general managers at this time of year, and uh, no bigger spotlight uh, than on Ron Francis of uh, the Seattle yeah. Kraken last night. Uh, the announcement of their selections uh, for their team in the uh, the Seattle uh, expansion draft and. Uh, not necessarily the most entertaining show, as as uh, and, yeah. and and most of the selections had been known, but uh, <laughs> uh, some interesting selections. But the one that that uh, obviously grabs the attention of the Montreal Canadiens is that it was uh, Kale Fleury selected defenseman Kale Fleury yeah. from the Montreal Canadiens and not uh, Carey Price. Yeah, so it wasn't Carey Price, and why would Carey Price be in? You know. The, the position that the Seattle Kraken could take Carey Price. Uh, well, that was because Mark Bergevin left Carey Price unprotected, um, opting to protect Jake Allen instead. And yeah, Rick, this was uh, a strategy, a very interesting strategy for Mark Bergevin. It ended up working. He obviously wanted to retain Jake Allen, but was this strategy... Uh, was it work? Was it worth the risk? Uh, that's <laughs> still a question that's that's worth asking. Well, uh, it was it was called a calculated gamble, and and that phrase was going around last night. That is exposing Carey Price on waivers, and um, what happened last night might have been the the right result, but it it doesn't necessarily mean it was the right method or strategy. Um, you know, a, a completely, di- for example, a completely different um, uh, situation. But Mark Bergevin is given an awful lot of credit for uh, bringing uh, Nick Suzuki uh, to the the team in a trade with uh, the Vegas Golden Knights. Um, and and given the way Suzuki has performed and and in the playoffs, uh, why not? Was Nick Suzuki one of your yeah. uh, three stars of the season? Yes, yeah. The truth of the matter is that during the negotiations, uh, the Max Pacioretty trade going to uh, Vegas, it was Cody Glass that Mark Bergevin insisted uh, at yeah. the time, Vegas's top prospect. 
Mark Bergevin wanted Cl- Cody Glass uh, as part of the return for Max Pacioretty. Um, Suzuki was the consolation prize. Uh, the, uh, the Vegas Golden Knights didn't want to give up uh, Cody Glass. Of course, Cody Glass uh, now traded to um, Nashville. Uh, Nashville in that yeah. uh, that that big three way uh, three team trade. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so having um, uh, Nick Suzuki on the team is kind of a um, a happy accident that's worked out. Uh, it's worked out that the Canadians got the better prospect. Uh, and a better prospect so far, but that wasn't by design. So, a happy result, not necessarily the the, the best strategy. And I, I think uh, this calculated gamble. My goodness, um, gambling with your franchise player that w- that is. Um, and and you know, uh, there's 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 a nice little narrative out uh, out there about uh, uh, about Carey Price. Uh, Sitting back and realizing that he wanted to protect Jake Allen and coming forward, but um, a GM in this situation um, has to be responsible and doesn't doesn't allow for the opportunity, uh, the risk that uh, there's any chance uh, that the franchise player, the Canadians' best player, and the player who took them, uh, you know, to the Stanley Cup final, a, a, a cornerstone of the. The organization um, wouldn't have have allowed that risk, in my in my humble opinion. Yeah, well, look, this is this was a very high stakes game of chicken, and there's going to be elements of this game that we're going to talk about in a little bit. You've already teased one of them with the medical update surrounding Carey Price, but I mean, in addition to okay, so there is the 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 part of this that is that Carey Price just led his team to a Stanley Cup final, and that's something that the Seattle Kraken, I'm sure, were pretty enthralled by. Uh, But if you're the Montreal Canadiens and the future surrounding Shea Weber is already uncertain, if you lose in the same offseason, potentially, Shea Weber and Carey Price, that is just a seismic change in your organization that I don't know if they were prepared to necessarily handle. And this opened the door that that could have been the outcome. And, you know, it's we're going to get into why it was done in this specific way, why Jake Allen was protected. But yes, this was the result is what Mark Bergevin wanted from the outset. But you can separate the good result from the risk. And the risk here just simply was not worth it. So how did this happen? Um, mm. And and part of the story, uh, part of the story, we have to go back to uh, last week's episode of the Canadians Connection, episode 145, if you missed it. Um, head to uh, CanadiansConnection.fm uh, to uh, to listen, um, and and uh, the Canadians were going into the expansion draft. Were expected and confirmed uh, that uh, that they would be using the eight plus one uh, method. That's eight players, regardless of position, plus a goaltender. And the reason was so that they could protect the four Clydesdales. Uh, as we know, last uh, week we discussed it uh, in detail, sh- the Shea Weber situation, him not being available uh, for the season and perhaps beyond, uh, changed that so that uh, Shea Weber was also exposed in the expansion draft. And that allowed the Canadians to go to the seven forwards plus three defensemen plus one goaltender that they eventually used. Yeah, and in the end that flexibility and obviously it was an unfortunate silver lining because Shea Weber's injury concerns far outweigh 
the positive of being able to retain the three other Clydesdales, um, then you go from that. The ramifications of that are that the Canadians could protect 731. And we had, had assumed when we were talking about this last week that, of course, the goalie that they would protect would be Carey Price because, yeah, that makes sense that he's their franchise guy. The risk of losing him, especially after what we just saw, I don't think anybody anticipated that being a risk that Mark Bergevin was going to take. And uh, in the end, that is exactly what happened. And as I said, it was a game of chicken, essentially. And Amy Johnson called it that on the most recent episode of The Press Zone between Mark Bergevin and the Montreal Canadiens and Ron Francis and the Seattle Kraken. And there seemed to be um, a little bad, well, not a little, uh, <laughs> a significant bad blood between the two. And, and Elliot Friedman talked about that, uh, that some of the conversations, and of course, uh, these conversations would happen with uh, every GM, but the conversation with respect to um, uh, uh, Jake Allen, uh, because he was the one that was exposed, and, and yes, Paul Byron was uh, also left uh, exposed or was expected to be Jonathan Duran um, that, and Kale Fleury, um, that uh, the conversation that the initial conversation was that uh, Ron Francis uh, seemed to, to indicate that they were targeting Jake Allen. And, um, and um, Mark Bergevin asked what the price would be to protect him. Uh, and there's there's various accounts on on what that would be, uh, a pick and a prospect. Some say uh, uh, more than that. Um, those accounts vary. And and Mark Bergevin said, "I'm not paying it. Um, I'm I'm not paying it." Yeah. Um, and uh, so uh, 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 Francis said, "Well, that's 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 the price." Mark Bergevin said. Fine, I'll trade uh, Allen. You'll be left without him, um, and that seemed to be and I- expecting Francis to to uh, you know back off on his price. The price was firm, and uh, as Elliot Friedman and, and various others uh, reported, the um, the the trade uh, you know the, the trade was more of a bluff than anything. Mark Bergevin didn't want to trade uh, Jake Allen. Uh, he called the San Jose Sharks. He called the Buffalo Sabers um, to go through the motions, but only half-heartedly so. And and uh, they they never got serious at all. Um, and still, uh, Francis didn't relent. The the price stayed the same. So in a subsequent uh, conversation, um, Mark Bergevin said, "Well, fine. I'll I'll uh, expose Carey Price then." Um, and uh, Francis reportedly said, go ahead, do it then. Yeah. Um, so this got real nasty. And, and uh, between the two of them, as I said, much of this was probably a bluff from uh, Bergevin, hoping that Francis would back down. Um, but it seems that Francis called Bergevin's bluff uh, at every step of the negotiations. Yeah, and it begs the question, okay, so why would you go through all of this, jump through all these hoops, for the sake of Jake Allen, and that's not to disparage Jake Allen. Jake Allen in his role, 20-25 games, sample size, that would be a great spot for Jake Allen to be a good backup goaltender who get, just got overextended this year. But Rick, uh, just breaking now is some information that I think contributes to this conversation because the price, you could probably go out and find a suitable backup goaltender 
uh, including Alex Nedeljkovic, who just got traded for a third and pending UFA Jonathan Bernier. Now, is that a guy that the Canadians would go after? Maybe not, but that's there, and that's something that just happened, as I said. So that's that's an interesting one there. But regardless, Rick, so you have Jake Allen under contract, and of course the Canadians value him. Why do they value him to this extent? To leave Carey Price unprotected, what is so special about Jake Allen? He has been, it's been said that he is the reason the Canadians made the playoffs. Uh, looking at it objectively, I don't know if that is the case. I, tell, I just don't think that's true. Uh, as I said, somebody that in a 20-25 game sample size, you would really like to have. But if you get out of an expansion draft, having lost somebody that's going to appear in best case scenario 25 games, I think you've made off pretty good. And the Montreal Canadiens here might have been, um, I guess, backed into a corner here and <laughs> decided that protecting Jake Allen was the route to go. This is, um, yeah, the, the, <clears throat> the, the whole narrative about Jake Allen being the MVP of the season, being the reason that the Canadians... Um, uh, made it to the playoffs uh, is 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 a false narrative and and listen Jake Allen is a, a really great guy and he says all the right things and he's a good team guy and he knows the reason why he's in Montreal and that's to support Carey Price in any way he can um, but because he's more affable more interesting to talk to uh, let's say than Carey Price. The media made more of it than than it was actually there, and and was was Jake Allen the reason um, for the Canadians making the playoffs? Well, listen, if if you consider um, Jake Allen having gone seven and a half weeks without adding a win uh, to yeah. the win column, um, and and that's February seventh to March thirty first, he didn't have a win. Uh, that's a big chunk of a of a shortened season. Um, that, uh, you know, uh, the, the narrative is, is kind of silly. If you look at, um, since Dominic Ducharme took over, uh, Dominic Ducharme took over, uh, behind the bench, uh, after, uh, Claude Julien was fired and sent from that time to the end of the season, uh, Jake Allen, uh, was in 22 games from that, from that he had seven wins. Just seven yeah. wins in 22 contests. And at that, he had a 286 goals against and an 898 save percentage. Uh, that's not a goalie that's carrying you to the playoffs. Again, all of this, uh, we have no I interest in uh, disparaging Jake Allen. But, yeah. but but it's important to be honest here. Uh, yeah. As far as what happened and 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 the the run that that took the Canadians to the playoffs, we can't forget about Carey Price in March. Uh, you mentioned a, a yeah. game in February that was kind of a preview. All of March was a preview yeah. of what was going to happen in uh, the playoffs. Carey Price uh, played in nine games. He lost once in regulation in March. Um, during that period, a 187 goals against, a 931 goals uh, uh, save percentage, which you referenced earlier. Yeah. Um, remarkable. Uh, absolutely remarkable. Um, listen, uh, Jake Allen contributed to the season. He contributed to Carey Price having um, you know, some, some uh, rest uh, during the season, and then he took over when Carey Price was injured. Uh, but to say that that he was responsible 
for getting the Canadians to the playoffs is just false. And yeah. then why would you risk your franchise uh, for Jake Allen? And in particular, when there's so many goalies available uh, yeah. this offseason. Uh, you mentioned one uh, we talked about, I believe we talked about one on uh, last week's podcast, yep. and that's uh, Georgiev, who yep. uh, uh, the Rangers have said is available. Um, there's, you know, pick your favorite one. Yeah. There's all kinds of of uh, opportunities for Mark Bergevin to uh, trade Jake Allen uh, so that he avoids the, the draft um, and, and get a backup. Um, afterwards, and, and at the same time, uh, channel or steer uh, Seattle towards one of your your uh, bad contracts. Now, now maybe uh, Seattle would have taken Kale Fleury anyway, uh, yeah. but maybe there was more of a chance that they'd need a, a Byron or a Duran um, and solve uh, a, a cap problem like uh, we were talking about earlier that Lou Lamorello did. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I mean... Look, they, I think, and we talked about this before the show, I think you look at Jake Allen, it was a story of two halves of the season because I think everyone is within their right to say that Jake Allen, the first half of the season, was a guy that performed admirably. He was a guy that provided Carey Price the necessary rest, but then when Carey Price was hurt, he was thrusted into a larger role, one that we've seen time and time again. Jake Allen is not capable of, of bearing that weight, and he wasn't able to down the stretch. He had... Solid performances here and there, some nice highlight reel saves. But as you said, the numbers are not there for Jake Allen down the stretch of the season. And I also, and I mentioned this before the show as well, I think the Canadians did him a bit of a disservice as well, having him play so many games, um, not having a guy, Caden Primo was a, a lamb to the slaughter against the Toronto Maple Leafs that game that he played. And Jake Allen had to go in and mop that up. That's a night Jake Allen needs some rest. Like, they needed to get him some rest. You have Charlie Lindgren just sitting around who has, what, um, I mean, 28 or so games of NHL experience. I mean, he's a guy that's been around enough that he can be put into that spot and perform admirably in it. And for the Montreal Canadiens to do that to Jake Allen, I think that that was something as well. That was a factor in his play. But as you said... If you get out of an expansion draft, right, losing Jake Allen, I think you can live with that. And honestly, I think, you know, and and this is just my theory, but perhaps they were just posturing and they were always going to take Kale Fleury, but they wanted to get Montreal to be a little bit antsy about what was going to happen, what was going to happen on expansion draft night. And they might have just played them. And um, yeah, Rick, it was, uh, you know, it was an interesting (laughs) night of events. and, And ultimately, Rick, as we know, Carey Price... He was left off the Canadians protected list and everybody was shocked about that. <laughs> everybody was shocked. Um, yeah. <laughs> I, you know, there was, there was the handful you know, the Gazette folks and, and that were uh, applauding the move, but uh, the hockey world was shocked. Uh, Pierre yeah. Lebrun said every time he phoned an organization and it had nothing to do with the expansion, they all said, what's going to happen with Carey Price? Mm-hmm. Uh, Seattle's w- did not expect uh, Carey Price uh, to be available. Um, and fans, uh, rightly so, uh, were really concerned uh, that that this was a possibility. Uh, now, the Canadians uh, assumed that uh, the contract um, would be would be the issue, uh, yeah. spending the money, and we heard that before uh, with Sebastian Ajo, that uh, Carolina would never be able to match uh, the Canadians' tepid offer, but they did easily. 
Um, yeah. And and when you look at uh, the 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 Seattle Kraken, who between their their franchise fee and two arenas, an AHL and an NHL arena, are already in for two billion dollars. Uh, yeah. And then all the other costs that they have, um, it wasn't necessarily the dollars, um, as some said, uh, that were a d- deterrent here. And, and they came out and said, uh, we're not put off by the contract. Uh, we're very interested in Carey Price. We're going to do a deep dive. We're going to do our due diligence. Um, we're very interested in K- Carey Price. That was Then that kind of started the back and forth leaks to the media between the Kraken and the Montreal Canadiens. Yeah, and so, as you said, Seattle was not deterred by the contract. And, and of course, I think there was some extra posturing done there as well to leak the fact that Carey Price has got a pretty hefty signing bonus that is due this fall. But the Canadians, I think, uh, also (laughs) felt the pressure and and, and felt it necessary to release a leak about Carey Price's medical information that we talked about earlier in the show with with the knee and the hip being the primary concerns and and that he could miss a, a good bit of time. In the press conference today, Bergevin, uh, the phrase he used was nothing alarming. Um, mm-hmm. And that wasn't what was leaked um, no. uh, to Frank Cervelli. It was, Carey Price is going to miss a minimum of two months and could miss the season. Um, is uh, so and, and talked about, um, you know, his hip and, and his knee maybe requiring surgery. Uh, and uh, and and added, and you knew this is this is one of the reasons you knew it came directly from the Canadians. Um, was uh, in the uh, Cervelli report was um, and but Mark Bergevin remains diligent in calling every team in the league. He's manning the phones right up until the last minute. You know those kind of lines are written by Paul Wilson, uh, obviously. Um, so uh, the Canadians were were getting a bit nervous that uh, you know the the contract alone, the signing bonus, that wasn't a deterrent. Uh, so they needed to throw uh, something else uh, to uh, steer uh, the Kraken away from Carey Price. Yeah, and so of course, as you said, the Seattle Kraken they pointed out earlier they were going to do their due diligence here on Carey Price, as you would for a guy that just led his team to a Stanley Cup final. And they were given the green light by ownership to pick Carey Price if they chose to. If they wanted to choose Carey Price, they had the green light from ownership to do that. Ownership gave them the green light but said, you know, it's up to you. Do your due diligence. Um, And then the next leak um, (laughs) was about uh, ownership chose Price. They wanted Price. Uh, I mean, uh, something like a, a, a signing bonus uh, that would be made up in 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 merchandise sales merchandise, and within thirty yeah. seconds of of them announcing uh, the pick for Carey Price. Um, so uh, there was there was a couple of different leaks there. Uh, there was also um, we heard that uh, uh, there was conversations going on between Ron Francis and Jerry Johansson, the uh, yep. agent of uh, Carey Price. Not one conversation, but several conversations over. A few days, so um, they were obviously very, very serious about seeing how they could work this out, uh, and saw all the advantages of, of uh, including Carey Price, including being uh, the the face of a, a new franchise. Uh, yeah. The whole ties uh, 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 of Carey Price and his family to the Pacific Northwest. 
um, they they saw this was a, an opportunity they weren't expecting, and they were going to do their their uh, uh, all the detailed work necessary to see if they could work this out. Yeah, and the one thing that I was talking about with people as this as we found out that it wasn't just Carey Price, there were guys Vladimir Tarasenko, there were some big names here. Matt Duchesne, even though he's sort of tailed off a little bit. But, you know, there were big names there. And the one thing that I, you know, sort of think in with an expansion team is it's not only about you sort of setting the the foundation with pieces of, of players that you can build, you know, a future with. It's also about establishing the foundation of that market. And, you know, hockey, of course, is not it's not new to Seattle. It isn't. And they're a tremendous sports market. But if you have Carey Price, you talked about it, the merchandise, ticket sales, Right. Like that's a guy that draws. That's a guy that draws. And that's something that early in a franchise's existence, that's an important thing that can't be overlooked. Right. So with the fact that Carey Price, you get good value, like, you know, carrying a team to a Stanley Cup final, you know, you get good value out of a contract. Of course, they're going to do their due diligence here. And Carey Price is somebody that, as you said, merchandise sales ticket sales that, that could really make a difference in the early stages of a franchise's existence so that was a concern for me heading into this and, and as well as being the face of the franchise it it establishes an identity for the team yeah um listen with all due respect to jake voracek uh matt <laughs> duchene um th- those aren't the guys that uh you know that that are the the identity of a team, that are the face of a team, that represent the fa- uh, the the franchise, that have instant recognition, um, and that can be intimidating for the opposition yep. coming into your uh, brand new arena. Um, so all of these things check boxes, and uh, and and even uh, after the selection was made, um, Ron Francis said a big thing for them was. Uh, how uh, important Carey Price has been, his community work, how important he has been uh, to uh, the the uh, community of Montreal and uh, to uh, to those in, in uh, Kelowna and BC and and uh, yeah. uh, the the uh, the native community. Uh, he's done uh, so much, uh, yeah. and and that was a, also a, a big draw for uh, the Seattle franchise. Yeah, I mean, ultimately, if you have an opportunity day one of your franchise's existence to nab what a top three goaltender like that's that's probably you know at at worst right like that's you're getting a guy here who as i said just carried his team to a stanley cup final is highly regarded by his peers and as you said foundational piece in the dressing room foundational piece in terms of drawing fans to that building that would have been a uh, you know a completely understandable direction for the seattle kraken to go down ultimately they chose the guy that that I sort of thought heading into this might be the guy that they go with. And that was Kale Fleury. And, you know, Kale Fleury is somebody that I've been high on since he was drafted by the Canadians. And when you saw him in spurts uh, with the Canadians, specifically to start the 1920 season, there was a lot to like about Kale Fleury. And he is somebody that um, even now it's a little bit confusing to me why he was sent down. And we remember back to that time too, there was not a lot of communication going on with Kale Fleury as to what he needed to improve on to make it back to the Canadians. So it, it seems like this is a good start for Kale, and he gets to join his brother because his brother Hayden was also selected by the Seattle Kraken. That's a real nice piece, and, and yeah. uh, I remember that um, that uh, Twitter post by, by his mom, Sandy, who 
uh, was standing with a half half a Carolina yeah. jersey and half of a ca- uh, Canadian's jersey, uh, and two numbers on the back for for her yeah. two sons. Now she just has uh, uh, oh, yeah. one jersey, uh, one which logo. is uh, yeah, which is a little easier for her. But uh, yeah, we interviewed Cal uh, Fleury when he went back to uh, Lavelle, and and. Um, he he was confused. He he had no idea. There was zero communication with uh, Claude Julian, and yeah. he didn't know what he was supposed to work on. He he didn't know anything. Um, it, it's it's tough not only uh, to lose that prospect, but the responses are always that the Canadians are deep in defensive prospects. That may be true, uh, no but not right-handed defensemen. Um, yeah. The depth chart in on the Montreal Canadiens for right-handed defensemen. Uh, starts and stops with um, uh, Jeff Petrie and Josh Brook. <laughs> yeah. um, and that puts a little bit more uh, of an emphasis on Josh Brook, who has had a, a little bit slower, um, uh, which is fine, path to, yep. uh, to, to his prospect career. Um, now, Mark Bergevin was asked about that this morning in his press conference. He, he said, um, uh, you know... Uh, Alexander Romanov can play on the right side. We saw that. It didn't look that great. Edmondson can also play both sides. Uh, but w- you got to wonder if if uh, a right-handed defenseman is on uh, Mark Bergevin's shopping list. And, of course, right away, uh, folks jump to the uh, Dougie Hamilton, the Seth Jones. Yeah. Uh, those kinds of uh, hopeful speculation. Um, I think of, of a right-handed defenseman that maybe should have been part of this mix uh, that was let go for nothing, and that was uh, Noah Jolson. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, that was that was the beginning of the sort of depletion that we saw from that right side of the defense. Once a position of strength, and we know that right-handed defensemen are a commodity in this league, you want to get, you know, you have an opportunity to add a right-shot defenseman. Seattle, they took a young guy who has some potential. And and the one thing I want to circle back to is uh, Kale Fleury's mom. If she's wearing the logo, the same logo, same jersey, what number does she wear? Does she wear Kale's? Does she wear Hayden's? That's that's a tough way to find out that you're not the favorite, I have to say. <laughs> Maybe rotate. Well, they'll, they'll rotate, I'm sure. Or uh, wear two numbers as she did on... Yeah, on, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I guess that's also an option. Yeah, I guess so. Uh, <laughs> but yes, Rick... Uh, so Seattle's entire expansion draft, um, and as we said, uh, by basically noon Eastern, we kind of knew basically everybody. <laughs> I think 24 out of 30 teams, we knew the player that was going to be selected or thereabout. And so by the time the night came around, we knew the draft choices, we knew who they were, and Rick, some sort of perplexing names that fill out this expansion draft. Not Not... You know, household names. I don't think by any stretch. That's true. Um, it it it's uh, and, and and maybe it explains uh, the choice that the, the ch- uh, ch- uh, choice that they had not to select Carey Price in that. Yeah. Um, th- this roster that they took is um, well. Um, Ron Francis said later, not so much the the cap space in the first year, but the cap space in years to come. Uh, Mark Giordano was the most expensive player that they picked up at six point seven five million. Um, you know they have Eberle in there as well, um, uh, but they're what eight about eight million short of the cap floor. They're they're, they're going to have thirty million dollars uh, to spend. I doubt that they spend that in the the unrestricted free agent market. 
Uh, and for me, um, it seems that the, they they had considerable leverage, uh, considerable leverage in picking from this this uh, uh, list of unprotected players, as well as the opportunity to go in and talk to unrestricted free agents and make deals with unrestricted free agents, and they did uh, yeah. with Oleksiak and and uh, and, and Larson, Larson uh, yeah. and Dreger and. Um, I thought it was interesting that Oleksiak, they were billing him as the heaviest player in in the game, yeah. as that that was that was uh, something that they're promoting. Um, uh, listen, uh, as we go through here, um, uh, I, the the defensemen obviously they have too many, and they'll probably make some trades and 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 tweak this roster a little bit. But some of these um, some of these selections, Carson Twerinski, I I've watched him play. Uh, in in uh, in the Lehigh Valley uh, Phantoms in the AHL, real hard worker, uh, but in incon- wildly inconsistent, and and uh, and that's kept him from being in the NHL. Particularly yeah. when you have a proven scorer like JVR, or you have Jakub Voracek. Yeah, um, that was an interesting choice. Um, there's, you know, Curtis McDermott. Yes, he's he's uh, an established heavyweight um, in the NHL. Is is that what you're you're looking for there? Uh, Gavin Bayreuther from Columbus. I I defy anybody to explain that pick from Columbus <laughs> to me. Um, you know, you go through Alexander True. Um, I, I I I I don't know what they're doing here. Um, yeah. I, uh, having said that, on the other side, there were some picks that I liked. Yeah. Um, the Mason Appleton, it's great pick from from yeah. the Winnipeg Jets. Uh, good for the the Jets too that they they didn't lose Dylan Demello. That would have been uh, yes. pretty devastating. Um, from the Leafs, Jared McCann. That's a that's a value pick uh, right there. I like Don Scoy, uh, from the avalanche. Yeah. Um, so there, there's some, there's some good picks and there's some bizarre ones, yeah. uh, on, on this list. Yeah. A, a very strange assortment of picks by the Seattle Kraken. And, and, you know, it's, it's interesting because yeah, they had an opportunity to, to really ice <laughs> the, uh, Jonathan Marcheseau and he's one to know, right. He said that the Seattle Kraken could compete year one. So, I mean, like for them to go down this road and opt for the cap flexibility and maybe some cost certainty, that's that's one thing. But I mean, they passed up on some pretty, you know, impressive names and they ended up with some guys that you just sort of have to scratch your head. Uh, what what might they be thinking here? And, and we might find out more in the, in the days and weeks to come. But as of now, a little bit perplexing, some of these picks. But as you said, Mason Appleton, that's a fantastic pickup. I've always really liked him. And uh, yeah, as I said, Kale Fleury for me was the guy that I thought would have been a, a top of the list guy for Ron Francis and the Seattle Kraken to choose from the Canadians. So uh, it was it was an interesting night to say the least, Rick, and interesting for a couple different reasons. But if, do you want to say anything here? Um, I, I was I was just reading a, uh, a another trade, uh, maybe another person uh, that uh, the Canadians had some interest in at one time would have been uh, Shane Gostaspier. Yeah. Uh, and uh, Shane Gostaspier off to uh, the Co- Coyotes. Mm-hmm. Uh, two years left in in Shane Gostaspier's uh, deal. Uh, so it's Gostaspier, um, a second round and a seventh round pick uh, in 2022 going to Arizona. 
nothing going back to Philly. This is wow. uh, another, another no one, of, another one of those situations. Uh, Philly not taking any of the salary and uh, not retaining any of the yeah. salary. Uh, it just uh, um, a cap dump kind of issue. Uh, I, again, um, these uh, general managers and and certainly Chuck Fletcher has been very creative uh, in the way he's dealt with the off season. Sorry, I, I just distracted there. No. I thought we'd, we'd add that in. Uh, the broadcast last night was, uh, mm-hmm. it, it was underwhelming. Uh, it was yeah. uh, it, it was tough. Now, part of it was because um, many of the picks were known, but um, I, I, th- I think it was really, um, yeah, it, it, it was not exciting. It was not a Vegas kind of rollout. Uh, yeah. ESPN. It wasn't an ESPN uh, broadcast. It was a NHL uh, broadcast uh, with NHL personnel. Or sorry, with yeah. ESPN personnel. And of course, they have the new American contract. Uh, boy, Fowler and and Dominic Moore and that they were they were not very good. And and yeah. Fowler got in trouble. He was very critical of of yeah. you know <laughs> he, he trashed the Sabers. He trashed the the the, the Leafs. Leafs. Trash the the devils. devils. He got the yep. name wrong of it called the Carolina Panthers uh, the instead Carol- of the Hurricanes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he was in trouble all night. Yeah, and, and um, Rick, the the criticism it, it sort of and it didn't really necessarily surprise me because sometimes ESPN goes for the sort of harsh. They, they like to get the harsh narrative and uh, you know to drive up ratings to you know um it's not uncommon for them to go down that road but it was bizarre to say the least and uh yeah it was not a was not a very uh very good uh presentation very good broadcast at least not compared to four years ago with vegas and the one thing that i that i go back to as well rick i mean it it did take away a little bit that the picks were known beforehand, but there was also that large list of Seattle icons, Marshawn Lynch, all those other guys. And I didn't necessarily mind that, but where were the Seattle Mariners? That's what I wanted to know. Where was Ken Griffey Jr.? That would have been a really cool thing to see. Um, but yeah. It, it was, um, and, and part of it too is um, you, you, you t- uh, we talked about identity. Um, there was, uh, they had six players, I believe, six newly uh, selected players uh, for the uh, the Kraken there. Um, but many of them came out and were just kind of, um, yes. yeah, there, there yeah. wasn't much enthusiasm. <laughs> there wasn't much personality. Yeah. Um, other than Brandon Tanev, um, he was mm-hmm. great. Uh, that was kind of what, what you want. That's, that's a kind of a character guy who knows why he's yeah. there. And, um, and I always liked Brandon Tanev uh, right when he was with uh, the Jets and then on to Pittsburgh, but, um, uh, there, uh, m- more of that was was missing from uh, from the presentation last night. Yeah, yeah, it would have been good, but uh, you know, some of those characters, some of those guys that they selected. I mean, Jordan Eberle is not you know a a raw raw guy. Uh, he's just not. He's that's not who he is. But Giordano, you know, it, Giordano, is same thing. Mark Giordano is is pretty pretty plain Jane. So I mean, you've you've got some guys there that aren't necessarily they're good solid players, but not necessarily butts in seats kind of guys um but rick so i think broadly looking at everything that transpired over the last week culminating in last night's expansion draft uh it became rather clear early on that ron francis the seattle kraken as much as they might have have said that they were uh you know doing their due diligence and i'm sure that they did but in the end they opted to go 
with more sort of comfortable cap hits and not necessarily the big names available at big prices. Yeah, and and even uh, some of those contracts, um, you know, it's not as if you're negotiating with free agents. Um, some of those were pretty manageable uh, yeah. contracts, uh, but chose not to go in in that direction. Uh, cap space, um, you know, before the the expansion draft, uh, uh, Ron Francis said that 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 was a priority, and he mm-hmm. stuck to it. Uh, with the selections, and and um, uh, we'll see what happens as they tweak the lineup uh, going forward. Yeah, so as I said, we'll find out more in the coming days and weeks and months about what the Seattle Kraken are going to look like on opening night, and that's going to be a very interesting thing to see, the released Kraken uh, <laughs> on the NHL. We saw a glimpse of it last night. We're going to see it again uh, at the start of this regular season uh so rick we will take our final break here on the canadians connection podcast when we come back we're going to tee up some of the events that are happening uh tomorrow as early as tomorrow the nhl entry draft we've also got that contest rick mentioned on the all habs twitter account so stay with us we're going to touch on all that after a quick break the canadians connection is proud to be a partner of rocket sports media digital media publishers of sports and entertainment websites Their mission is to build a worldwide network of sports fans who are informed, engaged, entertained, and connected. Learn more about RSM, its team, and its portfolio of brands at rocketsportsmedia.com. I bet you enjoy sporting your best Habs jerseys, dressing up your kids and pets in the cutest Habs gear, and showing off your decked out hockey cave or fan ink. Well, don't just show your friends, show your Habs. The team at All Habs wants you to boast your finest pictures for our global network of Montreal Canadiens fans. Include the hashtag ShowYourHabs when posting your fan photos on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. Then log on to ShowYourHabs.com to see your entries, along with photos and posts from Habs fans all over the world. A proud member of the Rocket Sports Media Network. If you're a business owner looking for the perfect platform to reach a targeted audience of customers, Rocket Sports Media is the solution. Our global hockey community provides unmatched social media reach to an attentive demographic of sports and entertainment fans. We can provide visibility to your company, helping you to engage and leverage this prime group of potential clientele. In addition, we also offer sponsorship opportunities for fan events and featured areas of website content, giving you name and logo recognition. Visit rocketsportsmedia.com to contact us regarding this unique marketing opportunity. For the most trusted source of news, analysis, and features about the Montreal Canadiens, their affiliates, and their prospects, log in to allhabs.net your year-round resource for anything Habs-related. That's allhabs.net. And welcome back to episode 146 of the Canadians Connection podcast here on Rocket Sports Radio. You can follow at Habs Connection on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, and visit our website over at CanadiansConnection.com. And and Rick, as we've been saying this entire show, we've been saying it the last couple of weeks, 
lots happening in a very short period of time. And, and that is, of course, uh, true of allhabs.net. And of course, as you mentioned earlier as well, a contest on the All Habs Twitter account as well. Boy, there's lots going on. Uh, we have some breaking news, and uh, yeah, and thanks exactly. to, to Amy Johnson for keeping us uh, up to date while we're on the air. Uh, the Laval Rocket uh, have announced that the team has agreed to terms on a three-year contract with Kelly Buckberger to serve mm. as one of the assistants to new head coach uh, Jea Fool. Um, Kelly Buckberger, you've heard that name before, um, a player with the Montreal, not only a player with the, the Edmonton Oilers, uh, he was captain of the Oilers, uh, for probably about four years, uh, almost close to 1200, uh, NHL games under his belt. Uh, and most recently, uh, he was an assistant coach for, uh, with the Oilers, uh, director of player personnel, uh, brief stop with the Islanders, but for the last three seasons has been the head coach of the Tri-City Americans. Um, so lots of experience there, lots yeah. of, of experience uh, as a player, uh, lots of, uh, of uh, good experience in, in uh, the coaching realm as well. This is, uh, again, something that uh, we'll dive deep into um, on Tuesday on the Press Zone, but uh, a real nice hire for uh, the yeah. Laval Rocket uh, to support uh, J.F. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, that was the, you wondered when the next, we, we, we saw the head coach come in. So now we're wondering when the next shoe is going to drop and fill out that bench down in Laval and, and know who are going to be the guys that are developing, you know, an, an exciting new wave of Canadians prospects that are going to be coming through that system, you know, relatively soon. So uh, Rick, yeah, it's, it's, it's a very uh, good signing, I think, from the Laval Rocket there. Now you mentioned our contest. That is mm -hmm. uh, with the Hockey Podcast Network uh, and a new um, uh, vendor uh, by the name of Wood Jersey. Um, wow. And uh, you got to see these things, that, you know, for your, uh, your man cave, for your, your hockey watching room. Uh, they are jerseys uh, crafted uh, out of wood that can go on the wow. wall. Um, it's at Wood Jerseys. Uh, is their Twitter account? Um, so the rules, and and we'll um, we'll get this uh, out this afternoon. Um, is uh, find on all Habs uh, at all Habs on Twitter. Uh, find the contest uh, post, retweet that contest post. Um, follow um, at Wood Jerseys. Follow at all Habs, and uh, the contest will, will run for a week until July 29th. And uh, and listen, uh, that's that's something you want to win, uh, and and one of the benefits of us being an affiliate of the Hockey Podcast Network. Yeah, that's that's incredible. Yeah, you definitely want to have one of those hanging down in your man cave, hanging down in your hockey room, whatever it might be. That is something that you would want to have. And uh, Rick, uh, as we look forward to the NHL entry draft, that's going to be getting underway tomorrow. As we have been recording this podcast, we heard from Mark Bergerman before, but during, we've heard from Trevor Timmons, and he's got, obviously, he's been doing a lot of very important work and very difficult work, given the fact that not a whole lot of junior hockey to go off of to select a new prospect. Very difficult. Uh, so the first round of the draft uh, will be on Friday night, um, and then rounds two through seven, the second round through the seventh yeah. round will happen on Saturday. Um, you want to follow us on, at All Habs uh, uh, for those posts as well as at the AHL report. 
Um, and you will have a draft tracker at allhabs.net. And if, you know, because uh, the viewings have been so limited of these prospects, if you want a bit of a primer, go to allhabs.net. Uh, Mark yes. Rashall has a draft primer uh, for the first two rounds up and possible targets uh, for the Montreal Canadiens. And then he'll follow that up uh, with part two of his draft primer. Uh, you're going to want to take a look at those uh, to get you ready for uh, the exciting time. Uh, one of the most exciting times on the NHL calendar. Uh, it's, a, it's a time that we've, uh, you know, we normally, under normal conditions, Mm -hmm. Uh, our staff would be the rocket sports team would be heading to the draft. Uh, we we would be taking some contest winners with us. Yeah. Uh, we're not able to do that, uh, this year, but, but you want to stay connected to us, uh, to give you the best draft coverage that uh, we can provide. Absolutely. And that's at allhabs.net. And as you said, Rick, incredibly informative piece from Mike Rashel. So Trevor Timmons, you brought up Trevor Timmons' yes, uh, name, and uh, he had a press conference. And uh, one quote from that press conference is that uh, in looking at the overall draft, and, and you know the draft has been um, there has been said that that there may this may not be the strongest draft. That uh, after the first couple of picks, there's a bit of a drop off, or or there's a, a disagreement about where those uh, those uh, picks rank. Um, Trevor Timmons feels that, uh, and, and here's his quote, we feel that maybe we can hit some home runs throughout the entire draft and that's what we're going to do. Um, that his intention is that they're going to try to get as many NHL players as we can in this draft. Um, as we know, the Canadians have 11 picks in this draft Yeah, and, uh, five of those picks are in the first 90 uh, mm-hmm. of the draft in the first three rounds. So uh, this is this is going to be an interesting draft uh, for Montreal. Absolutely. And Trevor Timmons, a uh, very busy man, as are the Montreal Canadiens amateur scouts, preparing for this draft. As we said, very difficult draft to try to prepare for, but the Canadians have a lot of picks to work with, and they look to be a very busy team uh, leading up to the NHL draft. And another story I wanted to point out from Trevor Timmons was them taking uh, Cole Caulfield, Remember 2019, the Canadians drafted Cole Caulfield in the first round? Yeah, they took him out during a pre-draft scouting, and he ordered a huge sundae for dessert, pile of ice cream, chocolate, butterscotch sauce all over it, but he burns that off pretty quickly. And uh, yeah, that's and, and, and I think we pointed out earlier in the year that I'm a, I was a student as Cole Caulfield was completing his studies or doing his studies, and I said that that was the only time that I feel like I'd be I could relate to Cole Caulfield. That is incorrect because now, yeah, got to get the ice cream sundae. You got to get the ice cream sundae, and there's got to be all sorts of toppings on there. And Cole Caulfield, yeah, he does burn them off pretty quick. I now, think, maybe so. that's what you need today. Listen, you've yeah. done a great job soldiering <laughs> through when you've been a bit under the weather today yeah. um, and uh, and making it through uh, this podcast. Um, for those wondering, Trevor Timmons also uh, said that uh, they're not looking at, at to draft uh, position specific that uh, uh, for this draft they'll be looking at best player available because um, he said the the trends uh, may change quickly the needs may change quickly best player available at, at yeah. each uh, draft uh, with each draft pick that they have and in recent years there seems to have been an emphasis on particular positions but this seems like a good time to just try to get best player available uh, in in most of these spots so that that's a reassuring thing to hear uh, from the Canadians assistant general manager Trevor Timmons uh, so Rick uh, we will be back 
Not next week. We will be back Sunday. That is July 25th. We will be back with a brand new episode of the Canadians Connection podcast. Hopefully feeling a little bit better by Sunday. Uh, <laughs> and uh, we'll be back with a new episode reviewing the draft because yeah, we, we, we didn't spend a whole lot of time talking about the NHL entry draft on this episode because, yeah, there was just so much to talk about. But that episode is going to be dropping on Sunday recapping all the events and uh, yeah rick it's it's going to be a very exciting time we're also going to have some audio uh from trevor yeah. timmons from mark bergevin uh both are scheduled to to speak again uh we'll have that for you on sunday as well and then we'll be previewing uh free agency uh, exactly. that will be happening next week so much happening, as, we, as we've said a few times, so much happening in such a short period of time. And yes, we do our best here at the Canadians Connection podcast to uh, dive in and discuss everything at length. And that's exactly what we're going to do during this uh, incredibly important juncture and what will be a, a short but a very important offseason for the Montreal Canadiens and perhaps telling a little bit as to what direction they might be going. Uh, so, Rick, we'll be back on Sunday. Uh, teeing up free agency, reviewing the draft, and much more. Thank you for tuning in to the Canadians Connection podcast here on Rocket Sports Radio. Click subscribe so you never miss an episode of Canadians Connection. Visit allhabs.net for breaking news about the Montreal Canadiens.